Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey everyone, welcome to My Millennial Answers, the summertime bonus episodes where John and I are just hanging out answering a couple of questions. Uh, If you want to, I don't know, be a bit inspired with your downtime and have a bit of fun with us. Now, you can go to sortyourmoneyout.com, which is the website for everything that we do and click shop. Now, if you're after some resources, we've got some cool stuff there. We've got the latest one, John, is My Personal financial plan. Mm. So, it's basically I'll detail everything I do in my own personal life in terms of my spending, my bank structure, my estate plan, my personal insurances, my mortgage, my investment properties, my super, my trust account, what my plan is on Bupa health (laughs) insurance. I highlighted that from the website and realized I probably need to increase my excess from $250 to $500, but um, it's all there and it's just a way that you can log on, look at those resources. Love it. Um, Real life example. Yeah, but it's also mainly to support the podcast. So, if you want, if you love what we do and, you know, we're just an independent podcast studio, if you love what we do and you want to support, Mm. uh, you can jump on there. It helps us pay the bills. It helps um, Nath, who's editing this, uh, keep his job. So, we thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Nathan. Thanks for that. Now, Tonya asks, what's the best way to save or invest if you're risk adverse or how do you increase your risk profile? So, I'm going to assume that this one is purely on shares, equity, cash in terms of that type of savings as opposed to a property. But did you want to have some opening remarks about... um, risk tolerance. Yeah, good question, Tonya. And I think it's a really common one, isn't it? Especially that increasing your risk profile. And I always ask on a scale of one to 10, where do you sit? If 10 was take on the world, do anything versus one, I'm scared to get out of bed in the morning. Where do you sit? I think it's a good understanding as to where you would rate yourself. So the first, that's the first thing I would be doing. Um, I wrote down three words to this, knowledge, followed by action, followed by experience. I'll quickly break those down. So you've got to get some knowledge around something. If you want confidence in any area of your life or any product or service, you've, you've really got to get educated. So reading, listening, doing as much as you can to to be the smartest person in the library in that field, but then it's nothing without taking action. So once you've taken action, uh, you've, you're in the game, you've got your hands dirty and um, ultimately it will go one of two ways. You'll be happy with the action you've taken or you won't be. So that then gives you an experience to, to be able to say, well, what would I do differently next time if I was to uh, do the same thing or take the same action? So as a result of knowledge, action, experience, you get to rinse and repeat uh, maybe differently 
uh, as you need to, to to get the desired result. But yeah, that that's the way I'd go about it. I think just purely hiring someone to get something done without you understanding what it's all about can be fraught with danger. So that's my spiel. What about you? What do you... Would- yeah, I love this question and I will always say it comes back to education. So we can't just blindly do things, as you said, on the basis of a professional saying, invest in this or invest in that. It's our own personal responsibility to understand. So how do we understand? So let's just investing 101, if we did a timeline and it was uh, one year, five years, seven years and 10 years down the track. In investing land, I believe anything less than five years is short term. Yes. So, because of market fluctuations and the stock market, you know, on mass people are buying and selling equities. And if you buy an indexed fund of ETFs, which is an exchange traded fund uh, of a basket of different companies. So, if you bought uh, the top 200 shares in Australia via an ETF, uh, like I think Vanguard, the ticker's VAS, if you want to look at that. The short term is under five years, there will be some volatility. So, we don't want to invest money. Well, I certainly don't if I need that cash within five years. Yeah. That five to seven to 10 years, that's really your long term. So, we need to understand that with investing, if I don't need the money for five years, it's okay if investment markets go up and down a little bit because on balance, over the longer term, it's all good, baby. Yeah. So, you're saying in that space of shares and indexed funds, etc. It needs time in the market to do its, to do thing. its thing. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't plant a tree and then a week later, yeah. lift, look it up and look at the roots. Oh, is this growing? Yeah. Like yeah. you plant the bastard, water it. Yeah. And by water it, I might mean you might throw more money in yeah. and just let it do its thing. That's yeah. what it's employed to do. It's employed to grow in your pot. Your shares are employed to bloody go to work. Mm. So Sounds very similar to most things. Absolutely. So, it's just understanding... So, how do we increase your risk profile? Well, if I'm 70 years old and I need my money to draw down on and live off in the next three, four, five, six years, I probably don't need to increase my risk profile because I don't have time for recovery. But if I'm 22 and my money is getting invested in my super account, with which is an investment, I could probably totally get my head around having 80% exposure to growth assets because the fluctuations don't really matter to me because I can't touch the money anyway. So, back to that super thing, how do you increase your risk profile? Education, call your super fund because everybody that has a current super fund and that is working actually has an investment account for the long term. And I certainly don't believe that you'd want your investment account for the long term sitting in majority of uh, asset classes that aren't set up for growth, like we want it to grow. So, call your super fund, get them to explain to you what am I invested in and then say, and just go, okay, and how does that work? A lot of super funds may even, I know Sun Super, who was a show partner uh, for this year on the podcast, they- They've got free financial advice on their own super stuff for members. So, call yeah. your super fund and get some education. But just secondly on that, John, if you want to start to increase your risk profile, it's about going through those experiences that you said mm. and these micro-investment apps like 
you know, you raise your spaceship, all that stuff where you can mm. put five bucks in, mm. you know, what if you put a hundred bucks in a portfolio that was moderate growth yeah. and just watched it for a couple of months? Probably it will go up and down and you'll start to be able to stomach the small fluctuations. Yeah. So, so it's just about getting exposure. And that confidence grows. So go back to the super fund for the minute because yeah. I think people perceive super as this big beast, this big company that looks after my my superannuation money that goes in that I probably don't know what my balance is. Um, tell me about making that phone call to them because it's readily available but I, I'd argue that a lot of people wouldn't use it to get an understanding of what's happening. Yeah, so I, I would literally call your super fund and say, hi, I'm a member. Can you, I just need to understand what I'm invested in. Mm. Can you tell me on the website where the PDS is and can you walk me through my exact investment option and tell me the exposure that I've got to risky assets. Yeah, and they're if happy it, to do that. They should be. If they're not, you tell them to get stuff and get yeah. a new super fund as far as I'm <laughs> concerned because you pay them a fee to manage your money. Totally. And part of that is – and then ask them mm. what educational resources do they have. Yeah. yeah. Because those concepts that the super fund tells you about your own investment in there, mm. you can apply to your own investment outside of super because yeah. all the investment concepts are the same. The same, yeah. So, so yeah, we're pretty much in agreement that we've got to get educated, we've got to take action, but you're saying take action that's relative to your risk profile at the time. Yeah, like I – so, the you know, Tonya said, what's the best way to save invest if you're risk averse? If I had 10 grand that I'm saving to buy a new car next year – I'm very risk averse for putting that 10 grand in the stock market. Yeah. Like it's just right. not happening, baby. Yeah. Like yeah. it's staying in cash. Yeah. But if I've got 10 grand that I'm saving for my niece and nephews when they turn 20 mm. yeah. to give them money, yeah, throw it in the market. It's all very good. Aggressive, yeah. 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 So back to cars. I've got a friend who's um, recently acquired a Prado, a white one, and has gone driving on weekends. Is and this me? <laughs> And I've seen, I've seen footage of going over bumps and mountains and crevices and holes and and the car being sideways. If you've only just got your license, you wouldn't be doing that. But the 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 driver has been driving for twenty years. Yes. Yeah. So, I- risk profile is I'm fairly confident. Mm. I've been doing this a long time, and that's where that action gives you that experience which gives you confidence to be able to repeat. Yeah, and I think the risk profile goes back to like, you know, if I need that cash in the short term, I'm not investing it because too much of a hit on it Mm. would rock my world too much. It's 100% of my uh, cash. Yeah, Yeah. and I need it. So, Yeah, good topic. Yeah, Brayden Holmes asks, what are the considerations for selling a – Occupied rental property, are there tenants' rights? Well, yes, there are. But the situation is I I want to divest my Townsville two-bedroom apartment that has fallen in price from 348 to about 285. I have 230 left on the loan at PI. The body corporate fees are unaffordable and my cash flow is affected negatively. I'm 33 and want to direct my money into a better asset somewhere else in Australia. So um, do you know much about Townsville? I, I know a little bit about it, yeah. Has it taken a bath like that? Um, it has. I, it definitely depends on the product type, yeah. I think the housing market is starting to recover okay. 
Um, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having yawn, everyone. <laughs> he puts me to sleep, this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so considerations for selling an occupied rental property. The tenants' rights vary in each state. So you've got to check Queensland in respect to what their tenants' rights are. Um, good or bad, the tenants' rights have increased over the last couple of years to the point where it's very hard to get someone out and even harder if you've got a current lease in place. Mm. So, yeah, you may unfortunately need to wait until they uh, they finish their term or give them um, an incentive to get out, I suppose. Yeah, so I, I would, yeah, number one, go to like in New South Wales, I think it's the Fair Trading website. Mm. You know, or just call them up. They'll tell you. It's funny. Some of these government things, you call them up and they just go, they look on the website. Yeah. The same website. You're yeah. going to Anyway, whatever. <laughs> but I, I would probably, yeah, there is your first port of call because it could be like, it could be the same thing. Well, actually, John, it's probably more of a an issue if you wanted to sell it with a tenant in there because it might limit your buyer's. Yeah, and I think that's what Braden's alluding to, isn't it? Is I'm going to sell it. It's going to be best suited to sell it without a tenant there. Yeah. Um, but like cart before the horse, chatting to the agent and say, well, what's the appetite for investors in this region to want to buy something that's already tenanted, maybe giving a reasonable cash flow and away we go. So I, I would go from like I'm just in my shoes. So if I had a property that I wanted to sell with a tenant in there halfway through the lease, mm. I'd probably, yeah, chat to the agent and go, look, this is what I want to do. Um, can you chat with the tenant and say, hey, the owner does want to offload this property at some point. Yeah. Um, obviously, happy to work with you and there could be laws around doing inspections with random people in the property. It, it could be pretty much like, hey, the owner of the property is happy to reduce the rent by 50 bucks a week uh, just as a thank you, you know, go go have lunch out or, you know, brunch on that Saturday morning um, and just work with your tenant. You've just got yeah. to treat people how you would like to be treated. And Correct. In the coming year, I'm going to be on a rampage, uh, particularly to tell landlords, don't be tight asses and look after people. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't want to do that, don't buy an investment property. Save us all. Yeah, it's it's um, give and take, isn't it? The, yep. the tenant may actually want to buy the property. And you could ask that question as well. Yeah. Could be a rent to buy, but so um, I, I yeah. think it's more. Hey, um, heads up! Landlord wants to piss this property off. Uh, if you want to end the lease early, awesome. If you don't, can we work with you? And then extreme. If you don't, well, we'll have to just play by the book and do it at the end of the tenancy, you know, on month by month. Or yeah, I don't. There's actually, yeah, I'm going the human angle first and trying to work with the land uh, with the tenant. On a human basis. Now, just on this whole property thing, tell us about the Solvair Online Academy because lots of you who are listeners have done that. Mm. I was chatting to someone yesterday, John, they messaged me and they said, oh, can I do a clarity call with John or do I do the Solvair Online Academy? Mm. And I said, look, I think there's an option to purchase where you can buy the course and then once you do that, you get that clarity call after yeah, we do. Yeah, a, a package when they can choose when they want that clarity call afterwards. Yep. So, well, they may have wanted it before, but in any case, um, yeah, so the Academy goes 
deep into detail in respect to, uh, I suppose, finding your own properties, understanding how to, to invest in property, how to buy your own home to live in, um, how to identify hotspots and not spots, um, how to, to structure your finances and, and understand your, your goals and your habits in life and indeed your time management and just the, the, whole, the whole gamut of what you need to be ready to pull the trigger and then once you're ready to pull the trigger you understand what strategy you need so it, it goes deep into into working out your strategy based on your personal situation um, so it just takes into account everything but obviously yeah it's a real a good resource for knowledge and education for you to then take action we've had a heap of done the course um, in their own time and and taken action and they've rang me three months later and said oh we did your academy. Uh, we've already bought a house. Uh, it's all going well. Thanks so much. Like I didn't even know that they'd bought the house. Wow. Right? So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and and some just get to the stage where they've done the academy. It's fantastic education. They've got a really good grounding. Uh, now they want to to take action. They just need a bit more clarity around that. Love it. We'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you're enjoying your summer break. All right. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.